Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager for Southwest Florida, here at the Royal Palm Association of Churches, and it's so, oh, it's such a joy to be with you on this Saturday morning. Has been our custom for, you know what, 27, 28 years? Oh, man, it's just been a long time and a wonderful time of just coming together with you to sit at the feet of the Lord just to see what he has for us. And, uh, you know, today I'm excited. I'm always excited when we're starting a new series. And what the Lord has put on my heart is to start a mm, five, six, maybe seven part series on the topic of parenting. Boy, this is a universal challenge for all of us. It's a privilege to be a parent. But man, are there some challenges that we face from birth all the way to the time that we launch them out as young adults. And even after that, as we continue our parenting journey with them. But of course, the way that we parent shifts. And so there's a lot we want to talk about. The scripture is full of counsel from the Lord about that. So we will start today uh, with five core heart starts in parenting. And then as the series unfolds, we'll talk about five hidden viruses in parenting four key stages of parenting, seven crazy, diverse heart wirings, uh, and, and much more. And by the way, uh, you can get this. Uh, we've actually put it in a, a nice, handy, uh, quick reference guide, a small book that has all of this readily uh, handy for you to help you and to encourage others in their parenting journey. You can find that at 95questions.org, by the way, 95questions.org, and just uh, look for Unpacked Parenting, a quick tips guide. But today we're getting started. Five core heart truths in parenting. And as we get started, as is our custom, oh, let's just go before the Lord and ask him to speak, shall we? Well, Lord, we're just so grateful for how you love us so much. You gave us the scriptures, your 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 love letters to us. And Lord, we get to stroll through there. We don't want to race through them. We get to stroll through your love letters and just, oh, see your heart and change our heart. So Father, as we begin this series on parenting, uh, I pray it'll just be an encouragement to my brothers and sisters that uh, may be yet to face their parenting years or are right in the middle of it. Uh, or maybe uh, they have grown children and so grandkids are involved as well. But we just want to get your heart on how we can be the best possible stewards of these precious children that you've entrusted to us. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We pray this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ by his precious cleansing and healing, transforming, empowering, and forgiving blood. Oh, amen. Amen and amen. All right, my friends, if you have a Bible handy, uh, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 4 through 8, because in this brief passage, we get these five core heart starts in parenting. It's a classic passage used by many pastors and teachers over the years, but I just want to kind of drill a little deep uh, today and just look at what the Lord is giving us a glimpse of about, uh, well, serving as parents to his children, really, not ours. 
So here's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Well, let's just stop right there because there's so much. This is where we're going to see the five core heart starts in parenting. And if you're a note taker, here's number one of the five. Know the one true God of the ages. That's the foundational starting point of being a good parent. Know the one true God of the ages. Verse 4 Hear, O Israel, hear every parent, hear every man, woman, and child. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. There's only one God. And my friend, I'll just give it to you straight. The Bible tells us very clearly that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Elsewhere, the knowledge of God is the beginning of wisdom. My friend, all truth comes from above. And when you have come to that place where you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to know the one true God of the ages, that just has the potential of bringing peace in your heart and a settledness that is so key in being an effective parent. If you are still wrestling with the question of God, the question of God and whether he exists, much less if he exists, whether he loves you and realizing that he loves you more than you can possibly imagine, when you start discovering that incredibly powerful truth that he does exist and that he loves you more than you can possibly imagine and he wants to have a personal relationship with you, that just gives you a foundational peace from which to operate that makes your parenting journey and the challenges of, parent, of parenting much easier than if you were all over the map in confusion and indecision and being your own God is, and, and, and ruling your children as if you had ultimate authority. You and I don't. These children are God's children that he has entrusted you for a brief season to form and train and, and cultivate their hearts that they too might be wonderful young adults who learn to know the one true God of the ages. Do you know the one true God of the ages? Have you come to that place where you've said, Lord, everything I have, all that I am, I give to you. I accept your proposal to covenant with Jesus or marry Jesus. And when I do, boy, do I come into the family and get to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the first of the five core heart starts in parenting. But the passage does not stop there. Keep looking at it, my friend. Again, it says, hear, O Israel, hear every parent, as it were. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So obviously, here's number two, love the Lord Jesus with all your heart. Man, that's the second of the five core heart starts in parenting. Listen, 
When you start discovering in the depths of your soul, not just in your head intellectually, about the fact that the Lord loves you more than you can possibly imagine, but you start feeling it, you start experiencing it. You start, you start spending time with Him, not because you have to, but because you want to. And you start sensing His love for you. You start trusting Him in all that He's doing in your life. You start trusting Him to lead you and guide you and bring you peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. And you sense that that love is so tight, so deep, that He will never leave you or forsake you. That just stabilizes you in this crazy life that we live on earth so that you will be an incredibly effective parent from the inside out. You might be thinking, how in the world can I get to a place like that? Well, that's a great question. You know, let me see if I can just illustrate that for you in a couple of ways. Well, first of all, um, when we talk about being saved or born again, uh, things like that, you know, we're not talking about just agreeing to the facts of the existence of God or our need for His blood to cleanse us from sin. I mean, that, those facts, I mean, the reality of God and His existence and what he has done, the demons and the devil know that. But does that make them saved? Of course not. They intellectually are fully aware, totally enlightened to the reality of God and the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But that knowledge, that agreement to the facts, is not what saves them. It's when we take those facts and we act upon them it's when we take those facts and we realize that the Lord is saying, you must be born again, or you must covenant with my son. You must marry my son. See, when you get married into the family of God, you get in on all the inheritance. You know, it's as simple as this. Uh, when, when my wife and I got uh, engaged uh, all the way back in 1979, we had been dating, and we got to know each other, and we got engaged, and, uh, and we did a lot of the things that you'd expect engaged people to do. We spent a lot of time together. We laughed together, cried together, talked together, planned the future together, shared certain levels of affection uh, together. But did any of those activities make us married? Absolutely not. What made us married? It was that day that wedding day, that time when before witnesses, before God, we said, everything I have, all that I am, I give to you. We said that to each other. We were expressing our heart's intentions and vows. And at that moment, upon that pronouncement, I now pronounce you man and wife. We became one. That's why marriage is a great metaphor that one of the many the scripture uses to describe what it is to become a Christian. And when Lindy and I married on that August 4th in 1979, we became one, and everything I have and all that I am became hers. I had about maybe $2 at the time into my name, but let's say I had a million dollars at the time. And let's say I got hit by a truck and killed the day before our wedding. Would she get that million-dollar inheritance, as it were? No. Why? Because we weren't married yet. We were just engaged. But we did a lot of activities together, yes, but that didn't make, them, make us married. 
But if I got hit by that truck and killed the day after we married, would she get everything, the whole million dollars? Absolutely. Why? Because we had become one. And everything I had and all that I am became hers at that moment in time. My friend, when you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, when you say, I do, to his proposal to marry him or covenant with him, the Bible is divided into the Old Testament and New Testament, which is just the Latin term for covenant, testament. You could call it the Old Covenant, New Covenant. When you entered that New Covenant in Christ, you became one with Him and you got on in all the blessings, all the inheritance, heaven when you die, the blood of the cross that cleanses you from sin, being made justified and sanctified and one day being glorified in the Lord. All that becomes yours when you marry or covenant with Jesus Christ or get saved or get born again. All those metaphors are scripture. And in that, you will learn to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, your bridegroom, as it were, because the church is called the bride. You will learn to love him, not because you have to, but because you want to. That's what this is talking about. You know you've really become a Christian, been born again, been saved, covenanted with Christ, married Christ. When you want to spend time with him in prayer, you want to read his love letters in the Bible. You want to go to a good, solid church with other people who've married Jesus Christ so you can compare notes and share hearts. It's not about having to do those things. You will want to do those things. It's the byproduct or fruit of that love relationship that you've entered into with Jesus Christ. And over the years, just like in a real-life marriage, this spiritual-life marriage with Jesus, you cultivate that. You become more and more interwoven. The Hebrew uh, word for getting married is a picture of two pieces of paper glued together, as it were. You try to split that apart, you'll rip up each. And that's why divorce is ripping up so many people, their hearts and souls. Pieces of them go with the other. That's why God says, don't divorce. You come together and you glued together, but then you become even tighter by becoming interwoven. A man shall leave his father and mother, shall cleave to his wife. That's the gluing. And the two shall become one flesh. That's more than sex. It's becoming interwoven in every possible way, physically, spiritually, emotionally, intellectually. That's becoming interwoven. That's weaving together. That's how you learn to love your spouse. Not because you have to, but because you want to. That's how you learn to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart. Not because you have to, but because you want to. You abide in him to bear much fruit, as it says in John 15. But let me give you another illustration to kind of really drive this home, because this is so important and foundational to the next three. It's one thing to know the true God of the ages, not the fabricated one that a lot of cults and a lot of false religions talk about, but the real one. And that's going to be from the scriptures. And then it's the second thing is to love the Lord Jesus with all of your heart. As you abide in it, it means to hang around, or, or better put, to marinate in him. A few years ago, uh, my wife and I were invited to some friend's house uh, for uh, some steaks. And boy, I'll never forget the steak that my buddy 
grilled for us. It was the juiciest, tastiest steak I had ever had. I said, man, what's the secret to this? He said, well, it's the marinade. And so he gave me the recipe for the marinade, and I went home, and a few weeks later decided to give it a try. So I, so I did. I, I, I put the marinade together. I put the steak in there to marinate, and, uh, and then I put it on the grill. And when I took that first bite of the steak that I tried to make, it was like a hockey puck. <laughs> it didn't taste at all like my buddy's steak had tasted. So the next time I saw him, I said, hey, bro, I said, man, the marinade, it just didn't work, man. My steak came out awful. I think you gave me the wrong recipe for the marinade. He said, no, no, I know I gave you the right one. Well, okay, walk, walk me through what you did. Well, you know, I put it all together, like you said, did that and the other. I put the steak in, and then I put it on the grill. Well, how long did you put the, snake, uh, the, the uh, steak uh, in the marinade? Well, I marinated it for, I don't know, a good 20, 30 minutes. Oh, dude, man, you just got it wet. And when you put it on this, the grill, it just burned right off the top. Yeah, they didn't get any of the marinade in there at all. I said, well, how long are you supposed to put the, the steak in there? Oh, a good six, seven hours, man. What? Man, I had no idea. He said, yeah, 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 you gotta give, you got to give the time for the, for the marinade to sink into the inside portion of the meat. Then when you put it on the grill, it stays juicy because it's way down on the inside, but that just takes time. To marinate in Jesus Christ, who is our marinade, the more you marinate in him, the longer you do and spend those time, that time in prayer, that time in the scriptures, that time just discovering him and and interacting with him, he will go deeper and deeper into your life experientially that when the flames of life and its tribulations and trials come up, it won't kind of burn off. But he'll be so deep that when life is trying to burn you or trying to squeeze you, Jesus will squirt out. It's a love relationship that you are cultivating and you do it by abiding or marinating in him in prayer, Bible study, worship, sharing him with others, finding a good church, finding a good pastor, and letting it be woven into the fabric of your life, my friends. And these are the first two of the five heart starts in parenting. Because when you're parenting from that base, that core, it makes a ton of difference. And all the tips I'll be giving you in this series will be supercharged, energized, supernaturally endowed because of this. If you don't start here, some of those tips are going to work pretty well anyway, but you're missing out on the nuclear power version of it if you will start with these five core heart starts in parenting. So number one, know the one true God of the ages. Number two, love the Lord Jesus with all your heart. Here's number three, Treasure his truth and ways in heart. Treasure his truth and ways in heart. Listen to it in the passage. Verse 6, And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now, the word command might give you that sense of, oh, you better do this or else, 
and there's a brand of Christianity that says you can lose your salvation, you better, you better toe the line, you better do right, or God will kick you out of his salvation equation. He'll kick you out. He won't take you to heaven if you screw up, you know, that type of thing. No, 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 no. It is not like that at all. It is a love relationship. He's saying, hey, I want you to treasure the things that I share with you from my love letters to you. If you're married and you think back and you and your wife wrote maybe some notes to each other, maybe she did most of the writing, but those that you wrote uh, to her, you keep those, you cherish those, you remember those things. Not because you have to, but because you want to. You treasure the memories, the truths, the things that you say to each other. And in this case, you treasure God's truths and his ways in heart. And when you treasure them, in your heart then when you share them with your kids there's a there's a value there's a depth there's a a love connection about it that makes it way more than just a arbitrary command because you're trying to control them you treasure his truths and ways in heart and then you pass them on to your children which is number four teach these truths with all diligence look at it in verse seven it says it pretty much that way after you uh, uh, take the Lord's words and put them on your heart, it says, And you shall teach them diligently to your sons and daughters, and shall talk of them. And then it goes to say this, When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, it's to teach them as a lifestyle. This is how you do it with all diligence. You know, I know sometimes in our zeal we can say, Well, uh, the, uh, we've got to have our family altar, and it's going to be an hour long, and we're going to go through all this and the other. Okay, well, go forward. Good luck with that. But it's, but it's better to integrate them as a lifestyle. And then the times of family altar can be five or ten minutes instead of an hour because you're trying to play catch-up. That's what he's saying in the scriptures when it says that you shall teach these things to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house. All right, when you're sitting, when you're walking by the way, when you're out and about walking about, when you lie down, when you rise up. I mean, that's life. That's lifestyle, which is actually number five. Train them in his ways as a lifestyle. So these last three are interwoven together. You treasure his truths and ways in your heart. Have you done that? Are you cultivating that? It's a lifelong journey. I hope you're a lifelong learner. I know I am. I mean, I just love to discover new things about the Lord and His ways. Then you teach these truths with all diligence. Don't let it fall by the wayside. Don't forget. Don't get distracted. And then you train them in ways as a lifestyle. And by the way, teaching is when you're transferring these truths kind of mind to mind and mouth to mouth and hopefully from the heart. But training it's when you're actually doing them in real life, modeling it for it for your kids, and they're seeing it, and they're copying what you're doing in addition to doing what you're saying. That is where you really get core truths embedded in the next generation. Just to quickly illustrate that, pilots spend hours in a classroom being taught. They teach them basics about flying. Now, after many hours of teaching, do they say, now go to runway 27, hop in the plane and fly? No. They send into a training plane with a trainer 
and they get in and the trainer flies at first and after several trips up they gradually start uh, giving the controls over to the student who starts doing it on a little bit here a little bit there and after hours and hours of training in addition to hours hours of teaching then and only then is the student given the privilege and the awesome task of soloing for the first time. You have your kids for roughly 18 years, my friend, and they have been entrusted to you by God. And he wants you to treasure his truths and ways in your heart, but he wants you to teach them to them as a lifestyle, and then he wants you to model them as a lifestyle. That's the training part. And if you do that and you're doing life together, you're discovering the Lord together, my goodness gracious, these are the five core heart truths or heart starts that uh, get your parenting journey to a level where you are accessing the supernatural anointed power of God as you're doing this marvelous thing of teaching and training your children entrusted to you by God in the way that they should go. And it will make all the difference. The Spirit will be alive. The Spirit will be fruitful. And that what you will be doing will have an impact in your children's lives as they follow in your footsteps as somebody who knows the one true God of the ages, loves the Lord Jesus with all their heart, treasures his truths and ways and heart, teaches these truths with all diligence, and trains them in his ways as a lifestyle. Oh, I yearn for you to catch that vision. This Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7 passage lays it out for us. The five core heart starts in parenting. And man, do you have an adventure waiting for you as you begin this marvelous journey or as you make some course corrections. And may I tell you, my wife and I had to make several course corrections along the way. It is not easy. Don't be gun shy and seek the counsel and discuss these things with others and share these insights with others, listening to them together. Get the book over at 95questions.org on unpacked parenting and, and just walk through those things together. Well, Lord, we're just so grateful that you give us a chance just to come to discover how much you love us so that we can pass that on to our kids. Oh, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, oh, fall in love with the Lord and pass that love on to your kids. <laughs>